Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we are back after a couple weeks. The NHL finally made some decisions as to what they're going to do. And we're going to break it down and what it all means. The 24-team plan got approved for the playoffs to finish uh, the season out. They also talked about the NHL draft lottery. We'll talk about what it means. It's very confusing. We'll break that down for you and how it affects the Anaheim Ducks. Also, the Ducks season is officially over. We'll go into details about that with that announcement by uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman. We'll talk about some of the highs and lows of the season, kind of go over certain things that happened and kind of, you know, just talk about, you know, how the season went and unfolded. And then, of course, at the end, we'll talk about some of the other league news as well. So... With that, uh, we'll really dive into and try to unpack this announcement by uh, Gary Bettman. Uh, As you know, between the last two shows, there was a lot of discussion as to what was the league going to do. They came up with this 2014 plan. They kept talking about it and talking about it. And then finally this week, uh, Bettman does this little press conference thing, uh, the video type deal, and he makes the announcement. Uh, Basically, I'll give you a couple of the highlights, and then Eddie and I will kind of weigh in on some of this. He and I... Don't like all of it, but we do like some of it. So, you know, we'll break it down for you and, and, and see what you guys think. But he basically came out and said that the 2019-2020 regular season is over and that they're now going to shift to this 24-team playoff format to finish it out. The way that will work is the top four teams in each conference, based upon their winning percentage, uh, have been deemed those spots. And then what they're going to do is the bottom eight teams are going to play each other uh, in a five-game series to determine who the bottom four will be that will then go play those top four teams. Uh, we've talked about that a little bit. And what will happen is after the, uh, the play-in or qualifying round is done, then the playoffs will, I guess, officially begin, so to speak. And they're still trying to debate whether or not to have seven or five-game series. The good thing is they said they're going to have a seven-game series for the conference finals, and they're going to do that for the Stanley Cup. So um, with that, uh, before I break it all down and we go into it, um, Eddie, kind of what's your initial reaction to this plan? Uh, you and I have talked about it the last couple shows. Um, overall, what do you think? I mean, the league did finally come up and approve this. They are moving forward. Uh, you know, We'll get into the details, but what are your initial thoughts when Bettman made this announcement? I'm glad hockey's coming back. That that's number one, and I'm I'm actually glad they actually uh, came up with something and said the season's officially over. So you know you don't have those players thinking of retirement or thinking of, of coming back. If they're gonna have to come back and and finish off the season, you don't have to have the fans wondering what's going on. Now we know the season's officially over. The players that need to make accommodations, whether they're gonna you know move on next season or call it quits, you know they have time to think about that. Um, I do like the 2014 format. I, I think it's great. I think it's fair, especially for teams that were on that verge of, you know, of kind of making an upset and jumping into the playoffs and earning a spot. And now they're in the playoffs and they have a chance. On the flip side, there's a couple teams in there that probably have no business beating a playoff spot and could, you know, potentially just get their ass kicked and not get that higher draft pick when they're projected to get. 
but it should be fun. We've seen up, upsets happen in the past, so it, it's going to be interesting. It should be a tough, you know, tough playoff spot, and ultimately the Stanley Cup is going to be awarded. And that, that's what I said the, from day one when this thing got postponed was the number one goal should be getting that Stanley Cup awarded. So now we just have to wait and see, and, and you know, and wait till the playoffs start and cheer for the team that we don't want to win the cup, and then cheer for the team that we do want to win the cup. So it should be fun to have hockey back, get everyone's mind you know, away from this pandemic for a little bit and just just for a few hours, just watch some hockey. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, you and I talked about that before on the shows. We were like, hey, hopefully they can try and finish out these other 189 games in the regular season. But we were like, you know what, realistically, they're probably not going to be able to do that. There's too many problems going on, as we alluded to, depending on what state you're in or what province you're in in Canada or whatnot with all the rules and everything. Everybody's doing different stuff, which you know, you figure that's going to happen because it depends on each jurisdiction, how they're being affected. And I'm not going to go into all that. You can go look on the news and, and, and look at all the stats and, and, you know, bore yourself to death over that. But in terms of this, you know, it, it affects this because what they're trying to do now as part of this plan is have two hub cities and play these games, right? That's how they're trying to figure this out. Instead of having, you know, trying to finish the regular season and all the arenas and all these jurisdictions, all these problems, they're eliminating that saying, okay, we're going to just do the playoffs we're going to do two hub cities and we're going to go from there, which I totally makes sense. Hey, let's let's narrow it down. Let's you know figure it out and, and try and go from there. They haven't figured out the hub cities yet. Uh, they said there's going to be an announcement in three or four weeks as to who they will be. So they're still trying to figure that out. But in terms of the teams and how it works out, this is what we're looking at. If you look at, uh, and I'll break it down by the conferences, you're looking at the West You've got St. Louis, number one, Colorado, number two, Vegas, and then Dallas rounding out those top four. Uh, in the matchups, then you have Edmonton against Chicago, Nashville against Arizona, Vancouver against Minnesota, and Calgary against Winnipeg. So again, those bottom eight teams will play each other. Whoever wins out of those will then go up and face the top four uh, in the Western Conference. In the East, same deal. Uh, the top four there, you've got Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philly that round out those top four spots. Then you've got Pittsburgh against Montreal, Carolina against the Rangers, the Islanders against Florida, and Toronto against Columbus rounding out those. So same deal on each side. Basically, it's kind of an extended 16-game traditional format that we're all used to. They're going to have this play-in round, so to speak, uh, to determine who these teams are, and then it will go down to the 16 teams and play. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's very exciting. I, you know, they're adding in more teams. They're going to have more series and more playoffs. I like all that. The, the thing I don't like, Eddie, is I don't like this round robin thing. They're talking about in addition to this play-in or qualifying round, the top four teams in each conference will play each other, and then that will determine the seating for the top four spots. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, the reason why is you you pick these teams by their winning percentage. You put them as one, two, three, and four. You've now said that the season is done, and here we're at uh, with these teams, you know, being in these these top four spots. I mean, it, you know, the regular season still counts for something, right? Even though this uh, season was shortened, you should just pick those teams and say, "Hey, you're one, two, three, four. We'll figure out who you guys are going to face after this qualifying round. And that's it." I, I don't like the fact that they can play each other and be knocked down because you're talking about St. Louis, who's number one in the West, and Boston, who's number one in the East. They could potentially both be number four and play and I just don't like that I mean I, I know the season is crazy and bring these teams back who knows who's really going to be a front runner I get that because that's the argument I hear from people you know talking about it the other way but to me 
it should still count for something. Because another part of the problem with this is they haven't figured out if it's going to be a bracket playoff or a reseeding. So that's another thing that would kind of factor my decision about these top four is, uh, you know, are we rewarding the top teams uh, and having a reseeding? Or are we just going to say, hey, this is a set bracket and that's where we go. That that could dictate my decision. So those are some things that need to be worked out, Eddie. You know, what do you, what do you think about the top four teams playing each other in this round robin? And then what about the bracket versus the reseeding? It's a couple issues going on here, but uh, some things they got to iron out. Yeah, that the top four teams have to play against each other. It just seems, yeah, I get it. They have to get some games under their belt to get conditioned, but I, I can't see this being that fun hockey to watch. Like all these teams are already in it, regardless if they win or lose. It just it just goes for how they're going to be ranked from one through four. If, if if I'm one of these players or one of these teams coaches, I'd be like, hey, don't go and give it your all because if an injury happens. Bam, you just shot yourself in the foot for when it comes out to the whole, you know, where it matters where you can be eliminated. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You have the top four teams already. Uh, just just let it be like that. Unless you're going to, you know, reseat them like you were saying, right? And they can be possibly ranked accordingly. Then, yeah, but I don't know. It just still doesn't make sense, though. Like It just it seems like you're adding an extra step when you don't need to. And, yes, I get it. They have to play some games. They have to get in game shape. Uh, that's what some um, trading counts for uh, scrimmages. Uh, it just it, it seems like it's going to cause more harm than, than anything if you do it this way. And I'm not a fan of it either. We're talking about it off air. It just it seems like you're just adding that extra step. It just the, their top four teams by the points. Just just leave it at that. Yeah, and I mean, if you really want to split hairs too, you can look at the division leaders. And if you're fans of of some of these teams, you might be upset too. Uh, if you look at the West, right, St. Louis is number one, right, the Central Division. But then you have Vegas, who, who's the Pacific leader, and they're number three. And then in the East, you have Boston, who is the Atlantic uh, Division leader. But then you have Washington ranked third, and they're the Metro Division leader. So it's kind of screwy because, you know, in the old format, you have the teams that all win the divisions, and they're the number one teams. Well, here it's like it kind of worked out. I mean, because St. Louis and Boston ended up number one, but it didn't work out for Washington and Vegas who now get bumped down to, to three instead of really being number two. It's I know it's splitting hairs a little bit, but <clears throat> it's just something to think about. And, and no one's going to be happy with this. That was the big thing that they were talking about is trying to figure this out and you know appeasing everybody, the owners, the players, and all this stuff. So Overall, I like it. I, I like that they're having the, the 24 teams. I like the, the play-in realm and those bottom against the top. I, I just, I don't know, deciding the top four seeding is kind of weird to me. But I really want to see what they're going to do as far as the overall process. Are they going to go to the bracket or are they going to go to the receding? As you know, currently, it's the bracket style, right? It, it, it was based upon the division. And they set it up that way so that, uh, except for the wild card, right? Sometimes a wild card team could, if there was two from uh, one division, they could sneak over to the other bracket. But for the most part, the brackets were set up to have division play, to keep those teams in their playing. They're now going now with the conference type deal instead, 12 teams in each based upon the winning percentage, which I, I get that totally makes sense. It's just kind of weird when you're, you're saying, hey, you're number one, but you could get knocked out based upon two or three games down to number four. It's kind of, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's going to add more games. going to be more exciting, yes. But that part is kind of weird to me. So they're still going to have to work out the overall process. But it is exciting. Like Eddie said, hockey is coming back. And they are, you know, unless some foreseen thing happens, which, um, you know, Bettman talked about that in an announcement too. He said if, 
you know, a player here or there tests positive, that it's not going to end this. They're still going to go through and do this. Um, there would have to be some kind of other outbreak for this to be canceled. So hopefully, fingers crossed, this will get done uh, and they'll be able to do it. The timeline's kind of crazy too. That's also up in there, right? So we're at the end of May. They're talking about having the individual workouts in June. And then the training camps, there's different timelines out there. They're saying it's going to be July. I, I, you know, I've seen July 1st, July 10th, 14th, whatever. We know it's not going to be before July. That's the big thing to keep in mind. Then once those training camps are done, then it's going to be, uh, you know, actually playing the game. So looking at this, I probably wouldn't be till July, Eddie, maybe the beginning of August. But like you said, even with us kind of nitpicking some of this, at least hockey is back and, and for the most part and that, you know, there's going to be some type of playoff. And, I, you know, I'm still going to watch. Even though the Ducks are out of it, I, I'm going to still, you know, engage myself and see how this all plays out. Yeah, same here. I love watching hockey and, and definitely going to be cheering for for the Colorado Avalanche to win the Cup. And, and people are talking about if, if, if whoever wins the Cup, if there's going to be like a little asterisk mark next to it. I'm like, I, I don't really think there should be. These teams are going to uh, battle hard. You know, they have the five-game series to start, which is fair. And then the two seven-game series for the, the, the conference championship and the Stanley Cup final, it's still going to be a battle and a grind to get up there and, and to win the Cup. I think it's going to be a little more harder because you're a little more relaxed. You're, you're not as conditioned already. But then on the flip side, the injuries and stuff, I don't know. But it's, it's still going to be interesting. It's still going to be fun. And I think whichever team that comes up on the top, it's just they're going to be the Stanley Cup champions regardless. It's just read as that. No asterisk, no anything. Just they're going to win the Cup. What's really interesting to go back a little bit to um, those hub cities, I, I'm betting my money right now that it's going to be Vegas is one of them. They just – Vegas has the resources. Vegas has the accommodations. And, and, and honestly, they have the money to host an event like this. And I, 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 can't, I can't see Vegas not being – you know, a hub city for the Western Conference team. Then I can't see on the other side a Canadian market not being a, another hub city, like something like uh, Toronto or Vancouver. Um, I'm not sure which city has more resources, has more money, but uh, or Edmonton. It, it's going to be one of those teams for the East if I can put my money on it. And right now, with everything's going on in the world, I can I can just scratch out Minnesota. <laughs> I highly doubt that that's going to happen too. Yeah, I, you know. Not to get you know too much into world events or politics or whatever, but there's a lot going on in the world right now, and I don't see Minnesota uh, right now being one of the spots, unfortunately, um, of what's going on over there. Uh, another one I don't see, they're talking about Los Angeles too. I don't know why they're bringing that up. There's a lot of politics going on in California too, and a, lo a lot of craziness going on as well. They even talked about uh, the Ducks' new rink. Um, you know, the five point uh, being part of that included and kind of tweeted that out. And we were laughing because Elliot Freeman was talking about it and he was saying, oh, well, it's a 45 minute bus ride, you know, from uh, Orange County to L.A. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Google Maps probably says 45 minutes, but people that live down here know that's 45 minutes. What you, you go f five miles in 45 minutes, right? During the beginning of the shutdown, maybe that would be 45 minutes. But now there's a lot more cars on the road. People are going back to work. I, you know, I don't know about it being 45 minutes. So, you know, and, and LA County, out of all, all the counties, for those that don't know, out of California is the one that's having a lot of issues trying to reopen and, and get back to where it is. Again, not talking about politics, but just saying that's just the way it is because they, they've had more cases there and they're trying to figure things out and it's a big county. It is what it is. That's just the population and the way it unfolds. So 
you know, I, I don't I don't think L.A. or Minnesota would be the ones. Uh, I, I definitely think Vegas, like you talked about. I keep seeing that one pop up in a def, you know tweets and articles and all this stuff. That's been probably a big one. And then they've talked about, like you said, is having another one in the Canadian market. Uh, some of those, as you mentioned, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, those names have popped up. They've also not ruled out, too, that the arenas don't necessarily have to be east or west. They might both be west or both be east. I doesn't know. But, I mean, you know, it could be Edmonton or Vancouver and Vegas, right? They're all Western Conference uh, locations. Um, I think it's really just logistically how they're going to figure that out and what's the best, um, you know, for the league. But here's the list of teams that Bettman mentioned in the announcement, the latest, because it's been changing, right? Every time you read something, it seems like it's a different city. You know, I've been trying to follow all these articles that come out. But the latest from that announcement, he said, was Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, LA, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. So those were the ones that he mentioned in there. And then he said a decision would be made in three to four weeks. Um, So there's still that to figure out as well. So they have the plan in place. Uh, There's some details to work out. It's not 100%, obviously. It's it's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on here. I, I think the other part of this that makes it interesting, Eddie, and I wrote an article on this, is when will they start the next season? So they're talking about you know, November, December for the following season. And they still, Batman would still like 82 games in that season. We've talked about that, which is going to be kind of crazy because you're looking at a long break uh, for the teams like the Ducks, Sharks, Kings, and the other ones that are out. I mean, they haven't played, you know, since March. Now you're talking about not playing all the way till November. So they still want to try and get out an 82 game season, you know, next year. I don't know how they're going to do that. I've even seen some projections saying, that next season might not start till January, which is crazy. And you're going to try and cram in an 82 season game season, you know, during that time. I mean, you've got to somehow figure out how to finish next season so it doesn't affect the following season, right? Because we've already got two seasons affected here. You know, if it goes too long next time around, you're going to push into the following one. So a lot of logistics to work out. I, I don't know if they'd be able to do 20, excuse me, 82 um, games in that time period I, I you know i just think it would be tough eddie what are your thoughts on them you know doing all this and then starting the next season you know around the holiday time that that's going to be crazy it's going to be really interesting to see how they work this out i definitely want to see how they're going to try to incorporate an 82 game season uh come next season but not have it interrupt the following season especially you have a, another team coming into the mix seattle will be you know, in the mix, so they have to take that consideration too. In that team, it just it doesn't seem like it's going to be possible. Yes, he wants it. He he wants the eighty two games. I just can't see it working out. I I know the players have to have their their week mandated week off too, and I doubt the you know the players are going to vote to have you know that waived so they can just fit that eighty two game season. Or I don't know if they're going to do back to back to backs or double double headers, which will be freaking crazy to see in hockey. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be reasonable, and it's, it's no. You're going to have to make some compromises just to make that season, you know, get back on track into the right schedule. So, 82 games just seems nearly impossible. But who knows? Who knows what what tricks he has up his sleeve or, or what he's thinking about? But it's really going to be interesting. And I, I can't wait till these playoffs are over to see what's going to go on after and with the free agency, the signings, and then of course the schedule for next season. Right, and along with all this stuff, everything is all up in the air, right, as far as how the free agency will unfold. The other part of this announcement was the draft lottery. 
which uh, we expected was going to happen on June 26th. And he said that that would be phase one and that there could be a phase two. So I, if you watched the announcement live like I did, you, you saw the whole part where he talked about the 24-team uh, process. It made sense. A couple you know, things left to be decided. It wasn't too bad. Then when he started his draft lottery discussion, it was like, holy crap, what is he talking about, right? This is like a foreign language because it gets all crazy. Uh, I wrote a couple articles on this, right? I talked about the uh, the initial announcement. And then I wrote another one really dissecting the draft lottery, how it affects the league and the Ducks. And we'll break it down here for you. And we'll try to do it a little bit of a shorter version because I, I don't want to fry your brains while you're, you're trying to drive your car right now or you're at home having a drink because you read the article it's 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 a it's a lot it is it's a lot to unpack and unfortunately a lot of people out there wrote articles and put out tweets and things and it didn't really lay it out specifically i couldn't understand what the f they were saying uh, i mean it didn't make sense so i really break it down in that article go back and check it out and read it if you have questions people are already hitting me up but we'll break this down for you now how uh the draft lottery will work so phase one is the simple part right you have the seven teams that have the top spots and just for you know um, context here if, if you don't know who they are or the percentages this is how it works out you have Detroit at number one Ottawa has two and three because they got the pick from San Jose right you got LA at fourth the Ducks are fifth New Jersey sixth, and Buffalo seven okay so that's how they're ranked right now then these teams that are in the the play-in round or the qualifying round they're now listed in the next eight spots so overall, there's 15 teams or 15 you know spots because Ottawa's two technically that can uh, win this draft, and they're going kind of by the old rules. So they're drafting for the first spot, the second spot, and the third spot. So hopefully you're with me on that. It kind of that's all the same, makes sense, right? So if any of those teams and those those top seven slots win all three of the top spots, we're all good. The draft's over. We're done, yay, you know, party on, right? And what happens is the other four teams that aren't picked out of that seven, they, they get reorganized in the inverse order of their winning percentage. And then, of course, we put in the qualifying teams later. So that that's easy. That part makes sense. And honestly, that's kind of how I like it. I, I wish it was that way. So that's not too crazy. The crazy part is phase two, which phase two is if one of these teams the eight teams that, that lose in this qualifying round win, then there has to be a second phase and there has to be more picks. And this is where shit just gets crazy, for lack of a better <laughs> term. Uh, because if one team makes it, then you have to have a, a second phase with one draw. If you have two teams, then two draws. Three teams, then three draws. And it gets all confusing and everything. But I laid it out in the article. You can go in there and look at it. I put all the specific scenarios, how they work. The, the thing to keep in mind is this. Once the top three picks are made, regardless who they are, the next group of people uh, or teams that get their picks are from that top seven. So however many it is, if it's four of them, five of them, six of them, however it works out, those ones are organized next out of the top three picks. Then what happens is the qualifying teams are organized later on. What The only thing where it gets confusing is, is that they have drawings for the top one of those uh, qualifying teams if, if one of them makes it to the top three. So, I, you know, I, I don't like the phase two, Eddie. It's too confusing. Uh, screws shit up. Uh, like I said, lack of a better term. I, I wish they would just keep it to the phase one. Just draw for the top three and that's it. 
I, I don't like this part because once you get into this second draw, like I could see everybody's minds were exploding and they were just losing it. So I laid out, like I said, I laid out the specifics in the article, the actual like who would be where and what spot. Uh, I'm not going to go into it too much there because I don't want to fry your brains, but just know that if one of these other teams out of this eight qualifying team somehow jumps into the top three spot, then there has to be a second drawing. And and, and that's the main thing to keep in mind. I, I don't know if you want to weigh in on the format, Eddie, or uh, if your brain's fried too, because it, it's crazy once there's a phase two. Yeah, I, I think no matter what, you're going to have a, a lot of fan bases saying this is bullshit and he's an asshole. <laughs> about this format it's just and especially ducks fans if if you get that lowest round eighth i guess the lowest possible they can get that's going to be that's going to piss me off but realistically mike uh, my question is for you because with me i'd be happy with the five or better uh draft pick how about you like what would make you happy obviously if we got the you know, if we snuck in there got the first overall then this was the best best format ever the best plan and it worked out Cool. We can clap for Batman when he you know comes in and makes the announcement or whatever. But other than that, which uh, you know from one through eight, which would you be happy with if you know just be content with? If yeah. Well, besides number one, right? I mean, I get what you're saying, and this is where this is why I don't like this format because the Ducks could have the potential of ending up in eighth, which is BS in my opinion. To 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 me, they're listed as five, right? Uh, and we'll kind of talk. We'll kind of break away from the league stuff and talk more about the Ducks right now, right? And how this affects Anaheim because that's what most of us that are listening care about, right? You're like, I don't care about these other teams, right? But the thing is, so they have that drawing one, two, and three. The Ducks could get any one of those three, and I, I'm pretty sure any of us would be happy with that, right? We got one, two, and three. We would be like, okay, great. So whoever gets those top three, if it's not the Ducks, then they would go to number five, okay? Because that's how it would fill out. So for me, I would want anything above five. Anything less than that, I wouldn't like. But unfortunately, the way this format is, they can get six, seven, or eight. I, 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 don't, I don't like that. Um, you know, when they had the other mock one that was out there, remember, Eddie, we were talking about it, and it was like the Ducks, it was like they could have got first, and if they didn't, they could have got fifth or sixth. I almost rather have taken that because in this, they could end up seventh or eighth and really screw it all up. Yeah, I'm going to try just to see if I can manipulate like I guess life, and just I, I want the Ducks to get the lowest possible pick because usually when I, I want something it goes the opposite. <laughs> so it's like I don't want the Ducks to get for, like first. I, I remember la- last year's uh, drawings, lottery drawings. The Avalanche had the uh, first overall pick from Ottawa, and like okay, they can get the first overall draft pick and you know p- possibly in a playoff spot, whatever, and be that elite team. And nope, they went down to four. Like oh man, so you know what? This year I'm saying I hope the Ducks don't get number one. So if the Ducks do get number one, that means I know the the whole world is against me and everything opposite it's going to do. So I'll just keep being opposite. And usually, too, what's funny about me, I don't know why, when I think negative about something, it usually comes out positive. But if you know if it, if it does come out negative, I don't really lose sleep over it because, like, hey, I already had those negative thoughts anyways. I know that's like a negative way of thinking. Don't listen <laughs> to me thinking that way. Don't think that way, please. But I'm just going to continue to do it. But, no, I, I just – you know, I, I definitely would love to get that first overall pick. Ducks, I think, need a, a boost like that. But like I said, I'll be happy with a five or better, like just like you said, too. Yeah, and just for, like, percentages, you know, if you're going, okay, well, like, what's the Ducks' chances of getting all this stuff, okay? So the top three picks, 
just under 9% for each one, okay? 8.5% uh, uh, for the first pick, 87 for second, and 89 for the third pick. So that's where they're at for those. Um, if they get bumped down uh, even lower, then they can, you know, also 8.5 for the fifth pick. But then it, it goes up 34.5% for the sixth pick and 267 for the seventh pick. So there's a high chance I can get that. And then only 4.3 for the eighth pick. So those are kind of the, the formulas on there. There's some charts out there. You can go look at them and whatnot. But overall, I just don't like the process. I think that the top three spots should be determined in one of two ways. Either it should be the seven top teams, right? You pick out of those three, uh, and, and then that's it. And then you reorganize the other four that aren't in there, and then you just put in the, the qualifying uh, teams. And then you're done. Um, if you want to do the 15 team thing and you want to give those those play-in teams, qualifying teams a chance, okay, that's fine. You do it and then you're done and that's it. You then organize the second group would be, again, whoever out of the top seven didn't get a top third pick, top three pick, and then those qualifying teams. I, I don't like this whole second draw amongst the qualifying teams in the second. I just think that that's stupid. I think it's unnecessary. I, I really don't. There's no reason to do it. it. It complicates things. And like I said, I'm not going to fry your brains. You can look in the article on there. But oh, even the the professional analysts were getting kind of confused on on this format too. So it's not just it's not just us. Or if you're looking or listening right now, thinking, "Am I the only one confused?" No, you have those you know those professionals that do this day in day out. They were getting confused about this too. So it's just it's weird. It is, and it was difficult. I mean, I had to look at a lot of stuff because I saw, you know, I was looking at the same thing, all, all the pros and certain things they were writing. I'm like, no, nah, that's not quite right, or they just worded it weird. I'm like, well, you're saying the right thing, but you're not wording it correctly. So, like I said, um, it, it's laid out in the article, but just, just know that if one of those top seven teams doesn't get a top three pick then there's a second phase that's like as general and as basic as i can break it down for you and then basically depending on how many of those teams uh, out of those eight loser teams gets in there determines how many picks in that second round so if it's one there's one pick two two and three and three just just remember that that's kind of the overall format to keep it simple let's just hope for a phase one and we don't have to worry about this shit because you know I, I just don't like this phase two thing it's, it's kind of weird to me to me i don't like it because you have these teams, and the percentages are low for them, but they're going and playing this play-in round, and then yet they're going to get knocked out, and then they can have a chance at a top three pick. I, you know, I, I just don't like that in, in general. It, to me, it, it just kind of bugs me. But that's how it is. If you're still confused, like I said, read the article. You're still confused? Send me a message. We'll talk about it, and I'll explain it. I, I go through the scenarios for the entire league, and I go through the scenarios for the Ducks as well in that article and lay it out. So... That's where they're at with the draft. Pretty much the same format as they normally use. Just they added this crazy phase two. So that's where we're at. Uh, with all the news, the duck season is now officially over. Uh, it's kind of weird, Eddie. We were talking about this. They're probably not going to play for another eight to nine months. Uh, and that, that's kind of weird, you know, including the other teams, right? San Jose, LA, the other, the other seven total that aren't in it. So there's going to be a long time for Ducks hockey, you know, a long break. It's going to be a while. So I'm still going to watch this playoff series. I want to see what's going to happen. The draft is probably going to take place after it. Free agency, who knows, they're going to figure that out too. A lot of stuff still up in the air. But um, so you look at the Ducks season, 
we have a lot of fan questions again thank you for all those we'll go over those we'll kind of talk about how the season went and uh, kind of relive some of our favorite moments which we have talked about on some of the other shows but you look at this duck season eddie i think it's interesting because they started out so strong they they won the first three games then they won six out of the first eight and then it started going downhill after that um i, I broke down all the uh, the wins and losses after october and the ducks were never over 500 um, in the month of November, they only won three out of 13 games, uh, December five out of 13, January four out of 11, February six out of 13, and March three out of seven. So they started out strong. I think a lot of people had a false sense of like, oh, you know, we got Dallas Aikens as the coach. We've got these young players. You know, we're going to do great. We're going to kick some butt, which they did in the beginning. I mean, the month of October started out great. It kind of fizzled towards the end. It looked good. And then things went to, to shit, basically, for this team. Uh, looking at their stats, um, special teams was one of the worst things for this, the, you know, the Ducks. The uh, power play, 14.7%. Only better than Ottawa in the league, right? Second worst. Penalty kill, 77%, which was uh, 26th in the league. So special teams, not good. Uh, offense, uh, they had 2.56 goals per game, which was 29th in the league. Only LA and Detroit were worse. So... A little bit of a disappointing season uh, overall, I guess, Eddie. Uh, you know, the way it unfolded. Of course, it wasn't finished completely. Uh, and I know some people are thinking, well, it's all good. We kind of just scratched the season off, right? Because the Ducks aren't in the playoffs. You just kind of dust it off and start all over. And I agree. I think that's how you have to kind of look at it. Almost like a trial run uh, this year. But what did you think about the Ducks season? You know, they, they, they started out strong. A lot of people had high hopes. Then they kind of went down. Um, you know, we, they had injuries. Uh, remember in December, a lot of them were out. They, they, there was reports they think a bunch of the players had the COVID thing during then. They had to have like Holzer come and play forward and all that crap. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that happened this season. Didn't go quite the way it planned after October. But what are your thoughts as far as uh, just overall the, you know, the duck season now that we know it's officially done? I think they played better than the season before. So that's one thing I'm really excited about and happy about. They improved from that atrocity of a season before uh yeah they still had a lot of issues that needed to be ironed out especially on the power play and they were fluctuating between last in the league and in ottawa so that that's that's something that needs to be done and something that needs to be changed immediately uh, i don't know if the special teams coaching staff needs to be revised but that seriously something has to happen with that it's just it's unacceptable to be that bad in the power play for all these different seasons and now you're under a different coach and you're still playing that horrible Something has to change. You have to start putting people in there that are getting that puck into, into the front of the net. Yeah, I get it. You know, Don't scream shoot for everything. You have an open lane, shoot it low and try to get a rebound, try to get a deflection in there, or try to catch the goalie sleeping and get something on net. But there has been plenty of times where we watch where the Ducks played with it, played with it, played with it, and boom, the other team intercepts it, and, and now it's the other way. And now they're playing keep away from the Ducks. It, it's just that needs to change drastically, and something needs to happen if the Ducks want to have success. Um as far as the, the, the whole season and review, like I said, I, I'm happy about the Ducks improving from the season before. I didn't expect them to go on and win the Stanley Cup this season. I, I didn't expect like some you know 
one of our young guns to jump up there and be like a superstar already. No, they got their feet wet. They got some experience playing in the NHL. They know the pressure of it. They know the schedule and how hard it is day in and day out to play in this league. So now come next season, now they have a better understanding that they have a routine down that they can focus on and they can just focus on. Now it's just improving their game to that next level and, and you know, and, and molding themselves into the players that, that we hope that they can become. So it's going to be something that we can look forward to. And, yeah, this is kind of good. You know, the season's canceled. So, you know, a lot of these players that didn't have the best starts of the season or they didn't finish that well, now it's like, okay, well, now you get a do-over. Now you get a reset. Come back next season. You can play differently. You can play better and and focus 100% on your game and the rest of the team's game and make your team better if you're those veteran players as well. I do feel sorry for a player like Ryan Miller if this is his last season. Uh, he didn't didn't get a proper you know final game goodbye. He didn't get to kind of like retire on his own terms. And I talk about this a lot with injuries and in players. I still think it's unfair to not just Ryan Miller, but a lot of the UFAs in the league that were winding down at the, the, the tail ends of their careers, and they don't get that final goodbye game and you know salute the crowd and just embrace it and take all that in for that one final time. And I think someone like Ryan Miller in his final game played. You would have had both teams that would have stood on the ice for him as, as he went around and saluted the crowd. You'd have the opposing team show their respect and each give them that, that handshake of appreciation because someone like that that's been in the league for a while, that was a superstar, that almost won USA gold, uh, he's just uh, he, he, he's a legend in the league, I believe, especially for you know being an American goalie. I just think it's unfair if this is his last season and it's cut short due to this pandemic. I hope it's not. I hope he decides and scheduling works out with his wife and his family that he can come back and finish the season. Um, we have to wait and see. I don't know if, like I was talking about earlier, if, if they can do an 82-game season, but if they shorten the season, if that's going to be an incentive for him to, to maybe come back and, and try to you know give that final season so he can have his, I guess, farewell season. It's going to wait and see, but overall I'm happy with the progress that the, the Ducks made, and I just want them to build from there, and I want them to be better. And if they can improve that power play, they're going to be that much better come next season. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I, I kind of made it look grim, uh, grim with all the stats and whatnot, you know, with the special teams and, and the offensive issues. But I agree with you. The, I, I thought they improved this year compared to last year. I mean, last year was just, oh, my God, it was just a disaster. So I felt they were still trending in the right direction. Granted, a lot of work to be done. Um, you did mention Ryan Miller, which is a huge topic this last couple of weeks. Wrote an article about him at the end of April. Then he did an interview on Sportsnet recently uh, in the month of May. And we had a lot of people ask questions. We had Ronald Ray ask, Michael uh, Whittle, and Michelle Garcia. They're all like, what about uh, Ryan Miller? What is he going to do? What's going to happen? You touched on it. Uh, so I'll read a quote here uh, when he was talking on Sportsnet. A little lengthy, but I'll, I'll read it to you and then we'll kind of talk about it. But he said, uh, quote, I mean, there's desire there, but there's going to be a lot of factors. First of all, we're all going to have to address this new normal. What that means for sports and life and wrapped up in that is family and how family is going to need to be taken care of during this time. There's a lot of talk here in California that schools are not going to be fully open in session, possibly into next year. And that changes the dynamic around the house and what needs to happen and what's important. So... A lot of stuff for Ryan Miller to weigh, right? I mean, you know, obviously he has his hockey career if he wants to continue it. His wife's doing all kinds of different things, right, in the entertainment industry. They have their son as well, the things that they're trying to figure out. And then, like I said, not to get political, but 
California is kind of a mess right now. There's, a, there's just a lot of stuff going on. They're trying to figure out all these things. Things are starting to reopen, but everybody's doing something different. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like that across the U.S., Canada, the world. But uh, California is probably a microcosm of that. There, there's just so much going on in this state right now. Uh, it's just so much in flux, I guess you could say. Um, and they're just trying to figure it out. So for me, I, I don't know. I think part of the thing is, is we had heard that it probably was going to be his last season. You remember he played uh, in that game against Buffalo in Buffalo, right? And obviously he spent a lot of time there. So that was kind of like a, hey, this looks like it's going to be the end of the, of the road for him. And then, of course, all this stuff happened, right, in March and everything got put on hold. So... I, I honestly, I think really the factor uh, of whether or not he wants to come back and play, I think physically he can do it. He can come back and play if he wants to for another season, maybe even two seasons. I, I really think he can. I, I've, I've met him in person. I've talked to him. Um, he's in great shape. I, I think he can do it. I think the question just comes down to what uh, are the challenges in terms of the the regulations and society and all these things in general and how it affects the family situation. I think that's the part that's going to have to weigh in the decision. And he's got to do what's best for him, you know. He's got to do what works for his wife, you know, his, his son and all that stuff. So if for some reason things are super complicated and it's not going to work out and he's like, hey, that's it, I'm going to have to call it quits, then, I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do. Um, but I know internally, uh, having played sports too, and I know Eddie, you know this, uh, nobody wants to go out like that. No one wants to finish their career not being able to finish the season because of something that wasn't you know, in their control, right? None of this was in our control. This stuff happened, basketball, baseball, everything stopped, right? You know, um, you, know you don't know where things were going to go when you're trying to figure out stuff, and now we're on this, this road to recovery, thank God. But... That's what I look at it. If I'm looking at his decision, I, I think the desire and the ability is there. Um, the big factor is going to have to be figuring out what's best for the family, Eddie. Oh, definitely. And I, I, I respect that a lot about him. Uh, he doesn't owe this league anything anymore. He's given so much to this league and to the fans. Uh, you have fans in over there in Buffalo that still praise him and that still talk about him. Uh, you have Vancouver fans that still, you know, he m- makes a post and they're on there commenting and, you know, thank you for everything you've done in Vancouver. And so he, he has that respect and he doesn't know an explanation or anything to anyone. He's he's given enough to this league, so just having him back would be a bonus. But I respect the fact that he's taking into consideration his family is going to come first now. Um, yeah, obviously, if he does resign, he's not going to just be, you know, just kind of, you know, playing half-fast and, and not playing his, to his full potential. But no, he's just he's just taking the time and really pondering on the idea of uh, if he wants to come back. And you know, I, I hope he does selfishly. But you know what? If it's not, you know, if it doesn't work out and his family needs him more, if something the schools aren't opening and he has to be with his family, that that's fine. His wife works in Hollywood. She's uh, post production for a couple movies. I looked up. Um, it's going to be basically up to him. I, I would love to see him back. Uh, it, it'd be great to see one more year, but you know, I, I respect his this. I respect his decision, and you know, just if he does make that decision to retire, uh, I think the fans, and I really hope the fans, will just blow the hell out of his social media and let him know how much support he has, and we can give him that proper farewell, like on social media, like we would if he was at Honda Center. 
I wanted to point out too, Mike, you said about the you posting some grim stats about the Ducks. A lot of people actually reach out and DM me just uh, thanking us and thanking you too for um, for not just being one-sided and not just talking and praising the Ducks all the time, but those times that, that we'll sit there and break it down honestly and we'll call them out on their faults. Like A lot of people like that. They don't hate, hate to just hear the one-sided argument how the Ducks are great and they never do anything wrong. So with those stats, when you said you know you know apologize about those the, the grim stats or stuff, no pe- people like that. There's a lot of fans that that appreciate that honesty. So we can just keep that uh, keep doing that and that go from there. But you mentioned two that I wrote down about other sports. I just think about hockey because I watch hockey. But yeah, my heart goes out to all those other athletes uh, for all different sports: baseball, basketball, football whatever their sports out there just being forced to stop playing and not have your proper way of going out for any athlete i don't care if you're uh you're a high school student running cross-country track and you blow out a knee and you, you can never run again or play that sport i i feel bad and I, my heart goes out to you too because you didn't go out on your own terms i always believe that we have a final game in all of us we have a final run a final sprint a, a final pitch a final goal like we all have you know, final save, you're a goalie. We all have that that one last one we're going to do, and it should be on our own terms. And when we stop playing the sports we play, whether you play professional, amateur, beer league, rec league, high school, you should be able to, to pick and choose when your last game is and go out and knowing that you went out on your own terms and not being forced out. So that's just one thing I, I, I extend my heart out to you guys. If if you're one of those people listening and, and you got prevented from playing a sport because X, Y, and Z happened, you know, my heart goes out to you because it's unfair. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. So I just keep wishing you guys all the best. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, it affects people. And I mean, we talk about hockey on the show, of course, but it affects people in all these other sports as well. Um, and, and like we said, you know, going back to Miller, it's, it's something that's out of your control. So what are you going to do? You know, you're going to try and come back and, and do one more year and go out on a normal way. Or is, is you know, family, uh, you know, the big concern, which is rightfully so uh, a priority that should be in everybody's life, obviously. So we'll see what happens. I, you know, there's just so much going on. This stuff's still going to be in flux the next couple of months. It's going to be weird because we're not going to have any Ducks hockey, you know. So I've been, if you notice, I've been covering stuff on the league on the pucknetwork.com. So there's articles on there too. So if you don't see something on ducksandpucks.com, make sure to go over there because we've been covering stuff on there and we've got some new writers as well. So things have been going pretty good. But as far as this last season, I mean, there were some funny moments or things that we really liked and we've talked about them before. Um, The last game that we went to, uh, Deloria got that crazy hat trick. Eddie and I were there together. So for us, the last you know game we saw in person this season was memorable uh, i would include in there any fights that delorier had this season were memorable right i mean he won all of them but one uh, according to hockeyfights.com another great website to check out so th- that's something to look forward to uh one of the other ones too eddie made a video we talked about of manson remember he took down tyler myers of vancouver and uh, <laughs> eddie made one with a funny Funny music, and I forgot how many. I think I got like half a million hits or something on Facebook. It went nuts. So there was that fight because you remember Myers was trying to go after Silverberg, which was pretty ludicrous. And then Manson comes in and throws him down. So there's a couple moments in there that I liked. Uh, there's some other ones you want to talk about, Eddie, too. Some you know certain things that hey, yeah, the duck season didn't go the way that you know, we expected, but there were some things in there that were entertaining or funny. I'm, I'm kind of weird, and I like to laugh at my own jokes, but that Gibson takedown on Kevin Rooney, the joke I made about him being part of Ferris Bueller, 
<laughs> that that character Ed Rooney. But uh, a f- few of them I want to mention out there. Uh, Jay Bowmister when he collapsed. Uh, uh, just how all the medical team and how uh, both teams came together. Ducks fans didn't complain about the game getting canceled. They understood it and they kind of had his back on that aspect. I love seeing that. Just you know how everyone came together on that. Um, also the uh, the game in Dallas where Manson got hurt. The Dallas fans were all cheering for Manson as he. You know, was getting escorted off the ice. He was just, you know, on one leg, but they were just cheering, just as if the players were giving him a stick tap. So I really, you know, appreciate the the fans of the Dallas Stars. You know, you know, not just making fun of him and, and not, you know, taunting him, but they were just kind of clapping for him, hoping he's okay. And a few people on Twitter and, and on social media reached out through Ducks and Pucks, you know, that that gave their best wishes for Manson. So that was cool. I think my favorite memory, and as much as I want to say the Delore hat trick, because that's probably up there, but I really want to just uh, now thinking about it, the Ducks owners paying their staff. Uh, they're probably one of the first organizations that just came out from the bottom of their heart and they paid their staffs during the, uh, the shutdown and everything. I know a lot of people lost a lot. A lot of people were barely, you know, are still struggling, you know, to get food and just to get, you know, make ends meet, but. The Ducks owners, just you know, their selfless act, just went out there and paid their employees, if, and it was just all from the kindness of their heart. They didn't even, you know, post about it. They didn't say anything like, "Hey, well, we're doing this." No, just other play, other people had to post about it. I, I think we posted it like at ten at night when I got in contact with one of their employees. Uh, he didn't want to be named, but he was telling me, explaining me what happened. That they're gonna get paid. We posted it. I, I didn't think it was going to get that much, you know, attention at being at, like late at night on a weekday, but it blew up. And then, you know, the official uh, p- pages started reporting on it. But the Ducks didn't say, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. You know, it just came from the bottom of their heart. And I believe I was listening to another podcast on The Athletic. They had Cam Fowler on there. It was also, also mentioning it, saying that how the Ducks and their ownership, how generous they are, that forced the players, not forced them, but it, 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 I guess, you know, Lead by example. That's the best way I can put it. They saw their leaders of the organization do something, and they took it upon themselves to do something and provide, you know, for the community. So I can respect that. So I think that has to be my favorite moment because the Ducks owners took a a, a horrible event and a pandemic, and they turned it into a little bit of a positive and made people just, you know, that much at ease. Yeah, and they did a lot of things. I mean, you're you're talking about you know paying the uh, employees. And remember, it wasn't just the employees at Honda Center, right? It was the employees at all the rinks locations, JT Smiths and all that, the part-time employees and whatnot, all the way up until June. So for all these events and stuff, that was huge. They also uh, worked with the county and they started doing weddings in the parking lot at Honda Center. They're doing that Monday through Friday. They're still doing those as far as I know. So if, if that's something that you're looking to do, um, that's an option for you. They have the uh, Second Harvest Food Bank there on the weekends as well. Um, they had uh, the players also helping out uh, through UCI doing that. So, I mean, that's that's huge. All that stuff that the owners did, like you said, lead by example. Uh, with all these things going on, I mean, definitely uh, has to be up there, uh, you know, if not a top moment during the season, but at least a, a top moment for, you know, this last year. I mean, you can't ask for anything better from the owners as far as the amount of stuff that they've done to help out the community and help out their own employees. And, you know, some of these other owners haven't been like that. You know, they've been more selfish where the Samuelis have not. So that that's definitely been a huge, huge win or positive out of this year. So, 
Um, with that, we'll, you know, we've got a lot of fan questions, so we'll go through those and then and kind of wrap up with some other uh, league news as well. But we'll kind of break down some of these from Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, right? We appreciate all this. You guys have helped us keep going during this, and like we said, we'll keep doing shows, um, especially once we figure out when the draft and free agency is, right? Because obviously the Ducks will be uh, you know, in, the, in the mix there too. But we talked a lot, Eddie, about jerseys on these shows, uh, mock jerseys, designs, and all that stuff. So we had one question from uh, Trevor uh, Bink underscore 88 on Twitter. He asked, you know, what's the real odds that we see the old colors return uh, for a third jersey? I really don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you and I really, we've, we've beat a dead horse with these jerseys. We've gone over and over and over these. Um, I, I think that they could do a third jersey with the old logo. I, I don't think that's far-fetched because they've done that already. But as far as doing one with the old colors... I want them to, and we looked at a lot of those. We looked at Lucas's designs, which we liked. We looked at Ronald's designs, which we liked, and a whole bunch of others out there. But um, realistically, will they do it? I, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> I mean, I want them to, but I just don't see them doing it, Eddie. No, same here. And we're still not done with our jersey madness. We got more. <laughs> our, 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 yeah, we have a. Yeah, now we have the official bracket of of all the ones. So. I'll probably start that Monday. I know I lagged this past Monday. It was Memorial Day. We had some plans. Things uh, kind of opened up. So I had a sneak in the back door of places like I was uh, drinking underage or, or the Prohibition days where I'm just sneaking in and the, the door opens, the back kitchen door opens. I'm like sitting there like, oh my God, am I going to get a ticket or something? But no, I'll, I'll jump on that. And so, can, you know, the fans can be entertained. We can have some entertainment. You guys can vote on jerseys. But definitely, I don't think, especially with everything going on now, it takes a lot for them to, to, to get a jersey change, to have those retro ones. Like I know, you know, it's been rumored that each team has a, a retro jersey, but I just can't see it happening. The, the league has a lot to deal with to start next season and try to fit an 82-game season. And the last thing they want to worry about is bringing in some jerseys and trying to figure out the logistics on that. So I think it's going to you know, probably be two seasons away until we see a retro jersey, if we do it all. But I can't see the Ducks. It's too short of time changing jerseys. It's going to be the same that you have right now, the home and away and the orange there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, you know, like we said, we'll still have that contest. You can check them out. We can always talk about them and whatnot. It's been a fun discussion, uh, you know, while hockey's been gone. Um, we had uh, Larry from Facebook. He asked about, you know, the draft. Should the Ducks try to get a first pick? Um, so for this, it's kind of a wait and see approach, right? We talked about the draft lottery will be on June 26th. For the first phase, if there is only a first phase, like we talked about, we hope, because the second phase is so confusing, it's ridiculous. But if the first phase is done and the Ducks are in the top, I would say, three, probably not. I don't I don't see them trying to go for a first pick. If they're fifth or anywhere lower, um, then yeah, maybe, maybe they will. It's something that they'll have to you know see when that time comes. It's, it's a little bit too early, but it, it, I could see them. If they fall down... Uh, and those picks lower, especially out of the top five, maybe they'll try and do it. I don't know if the other teams will. Uh, something Eddie and I talked about, it's kind of weird in this one, is you have Ottawa that's in there with two picks, right? They have like a 25% chance of getting like the first pick, right? Uh, and, and they should get at least one of the top three. But maybe if Ottawa gets two out of the top three, like they're slotted right now, you could try to convince them to trade one away. Um, since they have another one, I don't know how much that's going to cost you, 
right? Because it's still a higher up pick, but that's something to keep your eye on. Even outside of the Ducks, just look at Ottawa, and if they get two of the top three picks as they're kind of you know projected to do so, I could see a lot of teams calling them and trying to trade up to get one of those picks because Ottawa would still have another one. And they're kind of stacked. They can really command a high price for it. So that, that's another kind of it's kind of a spinoff of Larry's question because he's talking about the Ducks trying to get number one. But I just want you guys to keep that in mind because it, you know with the Ottawa getting that second pick, and yeah, they're at the bottom just like Detroit. You know, but you never know. Stranger things can happen, Eddie. Um, but what do you think? Uh, should the Ducks, if they don't end up in one of those top picks, should they try to trade up, or what do you think? I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, yeah, I definitely want them to get the highest pick possible. But in reality, it's not going to happen. Even if the Senators do get the, you know, two of the top three picks, the Senators lost out on their uh, their top pick that went fourth overall to Colorado last year. So I think that, I think they're going to want to keep their uh, their top picks this season and kind of build their team from there. And and yeah, I just can't see the Ducks, or I can't see the Senators or a team like the Red Wings. You know, giving up their top spot when they're trying to get their team better, and if they happen to to do it, because you know anyone can can get traded, anything can happen. Gretzky got traded. It's gonna cost the Ducks a lot, a, a lot, a lot, and you're gonna be kind of like resetting this little retool or rebuild that you want to call it, and, and it's just, I don't, it's not gonna be worth it to me. So I think this we could just hope for a five or better. If not, I can't see the Ducks. Or any of the, the other teams up there trying to trade with the Ducks for them to go up in the spots in the draft. Yeah, like you said, I, I'm hoping for you know five or up. If we're, if we're somewhere in there, then I think we'll be in a pretty good position. And and you know, just say no to phase two. <laughs> yeah, it's too good. And like I said, if you guys have questions, you can hit me up. We'll we'll talk about phase two. But um, another question we had uh, we had Ryan Patrick asked about what's the Ducks' number one priority in the off season. He talks about uh, upgrading the defense, which is Eddie and I have harped on that. Uh, I think the last couple shows we looked at some of the picks or excuse me, some of the free agents that they could pick from. And, you know, we we got asked that question. I can't remember one of the shows before. You know, who would we go after if money didn't matter? And we talked about Petrangelo, right? Um, His his current cap hits six and a half million. Um, We were saying, hey, he's the guy to go for because, you know, the Ducks need help on defense, especially right handed defensemen. So that was another uh, one that we looked at. Some of the other names that were on there, Tyson uh, Berry was one of them. Uh, Mike Green as well. Those are some of the top ones that are right-handed defensemen um, that they could look at. So, you know, and it seems like that's kind of the way. There was a little report, too. I I meant to mention it earlier in the show, but the uh, Ducks uh, from the Swedish News, they're looking at Cody Curran um, to add to defense who uh, is over there, uh, you know, across the pond, as they say. But, uh, you know, he's a big guy, uh, you know, six foot two, 200 pounds, playing really, really well in the Swedish league. Um, another defensive player, and supposedly the Ducks are looking at him. Don't know if it's going to happen. They're saying later in June that he could sign with a team over here, but he's got a lot of interest uh, in the NHL. He got the, um, the defenseman of the year and player of the year in the league recently. So that's another guy to look at. Only drawback is he's left-handed. The Ducks have plenty of left-handed defensemen, so I don't know if they'll do it or not. But, but the fact is they're looking at him from this report. So I think the Ducks are kind of in the same uh, realm of what Eddie and I have talked about. I think defense is the big thing that they need to go for uh, in the offseason whenever the free agency is, Eddie. Yeah, same here. And in an unrealistic world, it could be uh, Quinn Hughes for Vancouver or Kale McCarr for Colorado. Those would be 
like a perfect answer and a, a perfect defensive um, pair for the Ducks, or even one could be um, good for the Ducks to get. But you have uh, some free agents that can pan out. For some reason, I've heard this rumor to the Ducks in the past, but I can see the Ducks making that, you know, I guess that that low risk with the possible high reward thing, blah, 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 of signing Cody Cece in the offseason. I, I can see the Ducks going someone like that. Um, but, yeah, Petchy would be my number one thing if, if cap didn't matter, if to, to overpay a little bit to kind of expedite our, our, our defensive core. But other than that, it's, it's going to be tough. And we have to just uh, – it's going to be uh, – I, I guess it's going to come down to if the cap is going to stay the same or if it's a, if, if it's going to go up. It's just it's a big question mark right now because if the cap stays the same, the Ducks do have a little bit more power because they have some more cap space. They can you know try to entice those those UFAs to come to Anaheim, especially on a rebuilding team, and pay them a little bit extra to to be on that blue line. Or who knows if Murray's just has really step out of his shell and take a gamble and and make a, a big splash and a big trade, but. I think with the way the season's going, I think the best bet is to just be as most, as cautious as possible. You don't want to be New Jersey, and you definitely have to be aware of the expansion draft that's coming up because you definitely don't want to lose a player and not get anything back in return. That's just like that's the biggest fail as a GM that you can actually uh, be is is if you lose a player through free agency without getting a return or if you let you know an expansion team just grab one of your top players and you don't really get anything back for it so yeah i agree and that's that's what some of the other questions we had on instagram uh hunt j justin 24 asked about the changes the ducks could make next year we talked about that uh da poppy same thing so those are some of the things that we've talked about is improving the defense of course we're in a holding pattern right now right so we have to wait till the uh, draft lottery happens at the end of June 26th for phase one, right? And then phase two is going to happen um, while the playoffs is going on, draft after that, and then free agency. Who knows how it's going to fit in there? So there's going to be some time here before we can really look at this and say, okay, this is what they got to do. Um, the league's going to have to come out and announce whenever these other you know t- uh, timelines are going to be because stuff's going to have to get shifted. But um, like we said, defenses are our number one that we talked about. Um, one other question I do like that, that we can talk about. It's kind of different before we kind of wrap up with the league news. But uh, we had Kristen Miranda 509 ask, if we could rename Honda Center, what name would you give it? And I like this question because I never really liked the Honda Center as a name. I mean, I, I get it. They're the sponsor and all that. But, I mean, for me, it's just, just go back to the pond, man. Like, let's just keep it the pond. I mean, it could be the Arrowhead Pond. I don't care. Just just keep it as that. Or, or the Ponda Center, which I know some people said that one, which... You know, don't like as much, but uh, for me, I just go back to the pond. I, th- that's what I like uh, is the name. I mean, I rather just revert back to that. I don't really have a new name that would be better for it. And then, like I said, some people have combined the two: pond and Honda Center into Ponda Center. Um, do you have any ideas, Eddie? Would you go back to the original name? Is there a new name that you could think of? Because I, I'm not that creative, <laughs> anyways. So I'm probably one of those fans that don't like. Ponda Center that just irritates me more than Honda Center I, I don't know why now I'm probably gonna get tagged and people are gonna keep calling it <laughs> Ponda Center on purpose but I don't know if this is being the borderline alcoholic in me or because these are my favorite drinks but the Golden Road Arena <laughs> I like that Golden Road's right across the street from uh the, the breweries right across the street from Angel Stadium but that'd be cool to have that maybe their beer prices would go a little bit lower they can make a Ducks inspired beer uh, and that'd be pretty fun. And then another one too, and you can probably guess that I'm drinking right now, but new Amsterdam arena. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> that pink Whitney drink, I love drinking that. I like New Amsterdam regardless. Um, th- their pineapple and peach are probably my other favorites. But New Amsterdam Arena, I actually named my uh, my Seattle Dragon Hearts that I have on NHL 20. They play in the New Amsterdam Arena. So I think that would be pretty fun. But either uh, that or our Golden Road Arena. Or, yeah, something like that. Or, or you know, like you said, just go back to the pond. Uh, you could just simply call it the pond, like nickname. Like I know uh, in Denver, it's like Sports Authority Field, but it's still like Mile High. That's like the iconic name. But the pond was cool. It, it's it fit. It, it was just awesome. Uh, t- too bad they changed it. I'm not a fan of Honda Center, but definitely prefer Honda Center over Ponda Center. And if a change happens, uh, Golden Road Brewery, you guys are right right there. Make it happen. Or New Amsterdam. I know you guys are. Are getting flooded with money with your pink Whitney, so uh, you know maybe you want to buy an arena and name it after yourself because that'd be pretty. Hey, awesome. You might as well just go Pink Whitney Arena. How about that? No, just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, I, I I think the pond, but you're right. I think Ponda Center is kind of weird because it like kind of rolls off the tongue weird. I think some people are like, yeah, okay. And other people are like, nah, that that's kind of whack. You know, I don't I really like that. So, well, you know that that that's what I would go with. So. Uh, we should post this as a fan yes. question and see what the fans come up with. That would be a good one. And thank you for bringing this question to us. So we're going to repost this and definitely going to try to see what you guys come up with. Um, yeah, this should be really fun and interesting. We can just discuss some of those on the next show too. Because I know there's a lot of fans that are more creative than us that probably have some names on top of their head that that really fit the the bell. So that'd be fun to see. Yeah, I agree. We can do that. You know, we try to do a poll each time. This last time I kind of just asked people for topics and, and questions and whatnot because uh, it was, you know, pretty much dictated by this announcement by Bettman for this show. But yeah, we can do that and then see what people will come up with and then we can kind of maybe come up with a top four or five and have you guys vote on it. That'd be fun. So oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, one more thing. I want to say before um, you wrap the sure. show, Mike, I just want to thank all the fans uh, and supporters of Ducks and Pucks. And thank you for supporting uh, our work, my work, the podcast, the writing, the likes, the retweets, the shares, the, the comments, the uh, agreeing with us, disagreeing. It's really made this season enjoyable. It made it fun. Uh, it made me you know, get up out of bed and and kind of like have a purpose to do something, research something, check my phone to see, make sure there's no Ducks news that we didn't miss, that we didn't post out, um, something that went on, we had to fact check. It just, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I want to personally thank all the fans and supporters. You guys are the greatest, and you guys make doing this just just that much fun and enjoyable. And no matter how hard the work gets, sometimes we're, we're sitting there writing or researching, it's just still fun and the passion's still there. And, that fire is still lit under me to keep doing this, and thank you, Mike, for uh, for allowing me to do this and bringing me on the show and bringing me, you know, and being part of Ducks and Pucks. I feel like I'm something uh, part of something greater than myself, and and greater and, and being a voice. And you know, I just I, I love doing it. It's just awesome. So thank you. No, I'm glad to have you here, and we've been having a fun time. You know, we, like these shows always run longer and longer because, you know, before we would be like, oh, we do an hour, and now now it's like hour and a half. I think we've had a couple hour forty five minutes. People are probably like shut up but we uh we've been going you know because we just get on these topics and we just you know keep you know rambling on about stuff but yeah the support like you said has been really great um you know our patreon website we had uh, six new people join which has been you know a a good push there we had i want to give shout outs to jen sharon ethan daniel matt and judy who all signed up um you can go to patreon.com slash ducks and pucks 
Uh, as I mentioned on social media, um, you can sign up for any tier and you can get a face cover for free. And depending on what other levels you're at, you can get a t-shirt or a hat as well. So we, you know, we had a bunch of people join on uh, there as well. And, and that was just showing you that and that was during the off season. There's no hockey going on right now. And that was kind of the biggest influx we've had in the last, you know, two, three weeks. So it's been fantastic. And yeah, we appreciate everything uh, for all of you out there, whether it's, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, reading the articles or whatever. And like I said, we've kind of shifted our attention a little bit more towards the league. Like I said, more articles are written kind of just on the puck network in general because a lot of the coverage is about the league in general. So that's kind of where we've been at. And it's kind of the plan for the next couple of months. We're still going to do the podcast probably every couple of weeks, depending on like, you know, how the news comes up and whatnot. But we'll keep writing articles as, as uh, the league news updates and comes out and keep you uh, updated as well. So I appreciate that. And uh, with the season wrapping up, uh, Eddie, in this last couple of news here, they, they actually gave out the awards uh, with the shortened season. Uh, if you want to break it down between you know the President's uh, Trophy and some of the other awards, Boston was a big winner in a lot of these. Yeah, Boston won the President's Trophy. This is their third time in their franchise history they won this award. And they deserve it. They played some great hockey. If if you watched hockey as much as I do, I watched a few of the Bruins games. They just look like a, like a complete team. Like I mentioned before, they got that added grit they needed to compete. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Uh, Tuka Rask and Jaroslav Halak. I'm probably butchering his name. <laughs> oh, well, it's not a Ducks player, so who cares? They got the William M. Jennings for allowing the, the fewest goals allowed. So they're going to share that award. Um, Alexander Ovechkin and David Pasternak, they each won and will share the the Rocket Richard Trophy. Which, uh, that, that is the, the league's top goal scorer with their 48 goals. This is Ovechkin's ninth, ninth time winning it and Pasternak's first time winning it. And this was this is one I'm a little bit disappointed with because I wanted to see which one would come out on top. Ovechkin is is known for that. Uh, he just If you put him on that, that little corner, he likes to shoot with his, little, his knee down. It's the same shot he's been doing for years, but no goalies can can figure it out, and players just still leave him open. There's been videos and teams that just leave him wide open in that corner, and he just picks his corner and, and scores. Pasternak is fun. You guys watched him score. I think he's got three or four goals in the Ducks. He's a fun player to watch. He's a player that pissed me off, too, because the Ducks could have had him, but they got Nick Ritchie. That's, I've been bitching about that for the last few shows before, so I'm not going to get into that that much you know, more. The Art Ross Trophy uh, winner for the most points in the season with 110 and his first time is Leon Dreisaitl Edmonton, from the Edmonton Oilers. I like this player a lot. I think he's a complete player. Uh, I think he makes the team around him better. I, I just I, I like his personality hearing him on, uh, on a few of the uh, podcasts I listen to, other ones. Uh, he's just he's a funny guy and he, he's just he, he just comes to the rink ready to work and puts in that, that effort day in and day out, 110%. I know he got a lot of crap. When he first signed his contract, saying it was an overpayment, but I think it's it's a, a, definitely a fair deal now, and he's a great player. And I want to just congratulate each and every one of them. Um, I have a few more other league news, Mike. Unless you want to touch on any of these awards. No, I I mean I'm not really you know surprised that they did what they did though. You know they cut the season um, where they did, and they had to go with this. So yeah, I mean. They awarded them the way that they should, right? Based upon the games that they played. So, um, yeah, you, you you can wrap it up with the other stuff and go for it. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, um, just one more thing. Uh, the Calder Trophy is kind of one, one of those trophies that it's going to be interesting. You have Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, and then I forgot the name, but the dude from uh, Chicago has been tearing it up uh, this season. No one knew his name. Kabolkek, whatever. I I'm sorry, I butchered his name, but uh, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, as far as the Golden Knights, they're going to announce the name of their new AHL affiliate. Uh, they're going to have like an hour-long reveal special. And, and you know how Vegas does it, go big or go home. So that should be fun and interesting to see what the name is. I wonder if they're going to bring back the Wranglers uh, or, or have that incorporation into it. Um, who knows? It, it's going to be fun, though. I'm going to probably try to watch that. Um, congratulations once again to Alex Ovechkin and his wife. They welcome their second child, Elia Ovechkin. Um, it's going to be funny. He has, he has two boys. If they become pro hockey players, it's just going to be funny. One becoming a goalie and one becoming a, a pass first kind of guy when their dad's like a just notorious sniper. So <laughs> that's going to be interesting. Um, Jeff Blashill from the Detroit Red Wings, he, he's going to come back as the head coach. I know there's a lot of speculation about that, especially, uh, you know, how bad the Red Wings have been. And he's going to name a captain for next season. So they're not going to run with three alternates. They're going to actually have a captain. And then this is kind of unfortunate Ducks and Pucks news. But our first uh, inaugural fantasy hockey had to be canceled because of what's going on with the pandemic. So we're going to uh, give awards out just to the regular season winners. So the healthy scratches will get uh, a gift card for cool hockey for a jersey. Rack City is going to get a signed item from the Ducks. From us and Arctic Bums is gonna get Ducks and Pucks appeal, uh, appeal, appeal, <laughs> talk. But yeah, so congratulations to them and thank everyone for uh, for jumping on and, and being part of the Ducks and Pucks uh, our inaugural fantasy hockey. We'll be back next season with it, hopefully a full season, and we can go have fun with that. So uh, that wraps up the league news and the unfortunate. Uh, fantasy hockey news but regardless it was still fun and, and thank you guys all again for joining absolutely and like you said we'll have it again next season uh, you know some other kind of late breaking news that you, you saw on Twitter too Eddie it looks like they're talking about entry level signing contracts they're going to move that deadline out to July 1st so you get those done and then this one's kind of interesting. They're talking about the non-playoff teams, which obviously we are the Ducks. They're saying that they can start making trades. So we'll have to kind of keep an eye on that and see how that unfolds. I don't know as far as who they can trade with which teams, if it's just those or not. It's just something that popped up. So we'll monitor that. And then as it comes up, you know, we'll either have an article on it or talk about it in the next podcast. But there's going to be a lot of stuff like that's going to be happening in the next couple of months, Eddie. I think that was meaning to her because they had that that trade freeze that that was put into place shortly after the um, the stoppage, and no teams can make trades or transactions. I so I think uh, since teams after the trade deadline are allowed to still make trades, but those players just can't play in the playoffs. So I think that that has something to do with it. So now um, since. You know, I guess those seven teams are the only teams that aren't making the playoffs. They can make the trades, and I mean that's the only thing that makes sense why they would lift it right now. Yeah, yeah, no, um, that's that's what I'm saying. We'll have to see how it plays out. But yeah, you're you're right. That's the way it normally happens. Is that when you um, you can still make trades after the trade deadline, but then you can't have those players play on a team in the playoffs. So 
maybe that's just what they're alluding to is kind of the same thing like you said is maybe because now they're out of it they can actually trade someone and, and bring them on their team maybe that's what they're alluding to but um that's out there it's kind of like the latest stuff that they just posted as we were kind of recording right now so just kind of throw that out there so you guys can you know just keep an eye on that for you know more entry-level contracts to be signed and see if maybe some trading starts popping up a little bit here um during this time like we said a lot of stuff's in flux things have been changing left and right but those are just some kind of late breaking things that happened during the show that we want to mention so keep track of those and like we said if something comes up with the ducks obviously we'll post it or something with the league we'll post it as well um yeah, with that, I mean, we pretty much wrap up the show. Uh, I did mention that uh, we got another new hat design, uh, kind of a shadow design of our hat. It's uh, like silver and black, I guess, or white and black if you look at it. But it's the Ducks and Pucks logo on there. You can get it at tpnhockey.com or if you sign up for one of the tiers on uh, patreon.com. So we've added that in there. Also got more of the, the orange and black hats as well. Uh, kind of ran low on those, so restocked them. So if you want to check those out, they're on there as well, plus the face covers additionally. So we'll still be giving out some stuff, like Eddie mentioned, for the people that played in the hockey um, you know, fantasy league. So we'll be doing that. We'll also sprinkle in some giveaways here during the summer. Uh, unfortunately, like we said, Ducks Hockey won't be back for a while. But like we said, the show will still be here. We'll still be writing articles. We'll still be covering what's going on. Uh, and like we said, the Ducks still have the draft and free agency. Whenever that happens, you know, that we'll be covering it as well. So as Eddie talked about earlier in the show, we just appreciate all the support. Um, you know, hang in there during this time. We'll wait till hockey gets, you know, back probably in July. And, um, you know, stay strong, stay safe, be kind, love one another. And as always, let's go Ducks.